Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to Top of the Morning on the UBS Conversations podcast channel. Joining us for the conversation today, glad to welcome back Katie Williams, Discovery Strategist with the UBS Chief Investment Office. Katie, great to be with you. Thank you for joining us right here in our studio in Midtown Manhattan. Great to have you here in person and looking forward to our conversation. Same here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, Katie, maybe to provide our listeners with a bit of context, I recall last month in his monthly House View letter, a UBS chief investment officer, Mark Hayfley, he did discuss the continued theme of 2022 as being a year of discovery and how the new balance between supply and demand across multiple markets has created both uncertainty as well as volatility. Both very well remain with us as of today. Now, in your most recent blog, Katie. The title was What Would Warren Buffett Do? You continue this very discussion, but from a more personal perspective. So can you begin, Katie, by telling us a bit about that? Yeah, definitely. So I love reading Mark's pieces because I always learn something every time he releases something. And But this time I was a little surprised because I actually discovered from my own perspective that even though I've been in the industry for maybe 20 years, I still become very anxious when I read news about volatility and uncertainty in the markets or, you know, the economy. But I also recognize that because of my experience, I'm able to pause and take a step back before I do anything, before I make any rash decisions. And so it's through my experience that I learned to pause. And one of the things I would always say to myself is, what would Warren Buffett do? And I say that because he and you know his partner, Charlie Munger, which many people may know from Berkshire Hathaway, are probably the most famous, rational, if you will, and patient investors out there. So, Katie, speaking of rational investors, some of our listeners, our clients may identify with you in the way they find themselves reacting emotionally to the continued volatility in the markets. Understandably so. We've seen some pretty significant moves here in 2022, and that seems to be continuing, at least for the foreseeable future. So when these periods of volatility present themselves, Katie, what suggestions do you have for our clients listening in, our listeners during these volatile times? Well, I think the first thing to remember is just to be aware, right? We are human beings. We are emotional beings. And with that, we need to stop, pause, and give ourselves some time and some space just to evaluate all of our options and the trade-offs. That's really important. For me personally, in these moments, I call my advisor. My advisor is somebody who can help me see things through a lens of my financial plan and That helps me weigh the benefits and the risks of deviating from that plan if I were to act on sort of what I'm feeling. They would basically walk me through, all right, let's say you want to get out of the market or you want to make a trade, you want to sell. What does that mean? Are you timing it in a way that you're confident that you're picking the best time? If that's the case, are you confident you can get back in at the right time? And so are these the risks I want to take and are they going to be worth it? And I think that taking that moment and considering all of the options gives you that broader perspective and will slow you down. 
to your point, it is important when we see volatility, maybe take a step back and speak with someone to help you make an informed decision when it comes to your portfolio. And perspective, it is important, and you do talk about taking a long-term view when looking at your portfolio. So, Katie, can you explain what you mean by that? Yeah, I think this is really important because, at least I know, our natural inclination when we hear these headlines, whether, you know, and they tend to be unwelcome news, is that we go and run right to our portfolio. And sure. we look at the value of our portfolio. But what we don't realize is that doing this frequently is very similar to going and looking at yourself in a funhouse mirror, right? Hmm. It warps the perception of what you see. And the lens through which we see our information is it's naturally going to shape our view. So for example, let's say I'm looking at my portfolio on a daily basis. I'm really nervous. Well, the probability of seeing a loss on any one of those days is 46%. Hmm. That, that's high. Very right? high. But this probability actually falls as you extend out your time horizon. So let's say you only look once a quarter. Well, your chance of seeing a down day is only 30%. You only look once a year, it's 21%, right? Think about that. That's 80% of the time mm -hmm. your portfolio is going to be up. But if you actually only looked once every 20 years, you would never see a loss at all. So clearly looking at your investments more frequently, it's going to make the investing you're doing more volatile. But you have to remember, if your your goals and your portfolio are earmarked for things that are going to happen years in the future, just, just take a deep breath. I put down my phone because that's how I you know, access my portfolio, but maybe it's your computer or your statement. But just as hard as that is, just put it down, take a right. deep breath. And because, you know, even the worst bear markets that we've experienced, those losses have historically recovered in three to five years. Mm -hmm. And that's important to remember. Great point there, Katie. It is very important to remember that how we view our information can shape our perception. It could be difficult to put that technology aside, uh, whether it be good or bad. Though, Katie, you also point out something that many of us do, although we may not be aware, that may negatively impact our portfolios. Can you expand a bit there? Okay, so I just talked about how our natural inclination is to go and check the value of our portfolios frequently and why that, just from a data standpoint, might be hard to digest. Mm -hmm. Well, one thing I don't think we realize we do is that when we review these portfolios frequently and we see that they're down, we have to mentally commit and build our willpower up again just to stay invested. So in the blog, I, I, I tell this story. Um, there was a couple of years ago, I decided I was going to give up sugar, right? I was going to go on this quest. I was going to be real healthy. But it was right before the holidays. It was, I know. It was bad. <laughs> Timing is everything. Exactly. Well, the, I had the best of intentions, but every party I went to, right? You walk up, you see that dessert table, and there's that cheesecake. And I'm like, Hard nope, to pass up. I'm not going to do the cheesecake. And every <laughs> single time, I have to mentally recommit and convince myself yet again that I'm not going to, why I'm doing this, right? It's like saying when our portfolio is down, this is why I've invested. Well, you can imagine by like the fourth party, I ate the cheesecake. It mm. was just, I was done. And so this is an example of what behavioral economists, um, Daniel Kahneman and Amos Tversky call loss aversion. And they were the ones who made this famous. And, and really what they found was that as investors, we feel the pain of loss twice as powerfully as we enjoy the pleasure of gains, right? So I lose $1,000, it hurts more than gaining. But in my situation, it was the loss of not eating, the pain of not having the cheesecake and experiencing mm -hmm. it was way stronger than me holding strong, right? So when you take that emotional roller coaster and you combine it with that fun house mirror topic I talked about last, mm -hmm. 
and that distortion that happens when we look, you're going to feel miserable. You're setting yourself up to feel miserable the more often you look at your investments. And it's exhausting. The more we do it, the more exhausted we get, the more energy it takes. And it explains why investors sell at the bottom and why I eat cheesecake, why I continue to this day to love cheesecake. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's a personal favorite of mine as well. I would have probably broke maybe the second party. (laughs) I would have not made it to four. But Katie, a lot of sound practical guidance here. It's important, especially for our clients to remember they're not alone. It's important to pick up that phone, have that informed conversation with their financial advisor, especially during volatile market conditions such as what we've been living through here in 22. Katie, thank you again for dropping by UBS Conversations appreciate all the valuable insights and I'm sure many of our listeners and our clients will apply it and take it to heart. Thank you again. Well, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So I do want to point out to our listeners, our clients, the blog, which Katie Williams has been making reference to. Again, that title, What Would Warren Buffett Do? is available for you now up on UBS.com forward slash CIO for clients of UBS. You can, of course, reach out to your UBS financial advisor if you would like to receive a copy of Katie's blog directly. Again, today we've been joined by Katie Williams, discovery strategist with the UBS Chief Investment Office. From UBS Studios, I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.